All right, how are we doing? Can we make some noise? Yeah. Yeah. Give it up for Edge of NFT for a killer conference, bringing the LA community together and all of us together. How are you guys doing? I'm good. You have a lollipop? I got a lollipop. What flavor is that? It's a bubble gum. Shit. Bubble gum, I think. All right. All right. I'm feeling it. Nice. Before we get started, really quick, this is all about how the creator economy and NFTs intersect. How many people in the audience are actually creators? By show of hands. All right, like three fourths. Is it like video creators, TikTok creators? Let's start, show about, by show of hands, video creators. Bloggers, Twitter DJs, shit posters. All right, not too many. Well, I'm excited to be here. Guys, pleasure to be on stage with you. I think yeah. we can just dive right in. Let's start with a quick bio. Who are you guys? What does the world need to know about you? Keep it short, 30 seconds. Uh, we'll go one by one. Hi guys, I'm Jesse. I am the creator of a uh, community called Praise and Praise Pals, and I'm going to talk more later, so I'll Sick. leave it at that. That's awesome. I wasn't familiar with Praise, so I'm excited to hear about it, but I am Alex Huvin. I am Director of Strategic Partnerships and Growth at Rally, uh, and on the other side of the coin, I am also uh, oversee governance and operations for a DAO called Friends with Benefits uh, here in L.A., Hello, everyone. I'm Noel Borges, one of the co-founders of Mint Black. I have the pleasure of working with an incredible team of folks who work with creators like Jim Jones, who was the first hip-hop artist to launch an NFT, as well as a social token, and Nicole Buffett. Excited to be here. And then I'm Adam Levy. I host a podcast, Mint. I basically document the pulse of where crypto meets creators, uh, teaching creators how they can use these crypto primitives to build, monetize, and own their audience. Uh, so without further ado, we're here to hear you guys talk, okay? Uh, I think a good place to start, we're talking about all things creator economy here. What's the current state of the uh, creator economy as it pertains to Web3? How do you guys see that? Are, are we going down the line? Or yeah. Just ch chime down in? the okay. line. Uh, down the line. All right. Let's do it. Let's uh, do it. Creator economy. Uh, let's see. It's, where do I start? It's, Web3 is all about community. So it's pretty much the core for me. Uh, you know, It's kind of synonymous, community versus creator. Uh, I think producers are the leaders of the future. So. Uh, creator economy is about being creative, being you, being authentic, being genuine, finding your true value. And, you know, in this Web3 world, if it's like people are like, oh, what, why is this art valuable? Because I think it is, because I said it is, because someone else thinks it is. So it's a much more just open environment and creators are going to be the leaders of the future. Um, you know, our currency is going to flow to creators. I think a lot of currencies are going to flow to creators. And uh, it's just exciting times because I think we all feel this vibe happening here. Certainly, if you're here, you can feel it. And it's, I think it's the age of the creator. So let's go. Age of the creator. I love it. Um, the question was... Current state of the creator economy in Web3 as we stand today. Oh, I think the state of it is awesome. Sorry. Let's go. The state is awesome. Um, I think what's so incredible about the creator economy and how it's intersection with Web3 is that all the tooling and primitives that are being designed right now in web three are really just allowing, um, sort of that, that relation, that, that precious relationship between a creator and it's in the fan, um, to be able to have this symbiotic relationship where both the fan and the artist can be capturing equal value that they're both providing without having any middleman in, in between to, to sort of disrupt that. So that's what I think is great. 
Amazing. I love it. First off, before I want to shout out Adam and Mint, every Sunday at 3 p.m., I'm looking forward to your email. If you're not subscribed, you definitely should. He captures everything from DAOs to NFTs, social tokens. It's really the, the best um, podcast. And Thank you, sir. So definitely Appreciate check it out. You. Um, within the sole current economy, so I think there's economy 2.0 or creator economy 2.0, and then there's creator economy 3.0, which I'll consider Web3. So in the social token space, we talk often about moving from Web2 to Web3, and we liken it to going from hashtags to cash tags. And we see the future, in which is now, we're embodying our future self now. So what does that look like? It looks like creators having, as mentioned before, a symbiotic relationship with their fans. And more specifically, we're capturing value of the personal brand. So they are creators up until now, the relationship is such that a TikToker or an Instagram influencer will perhaps sell a product or a service or an experience. The fan will purchase it. Creator receives money, fan receives product or experience. And that's usually where the relationship ends. Within Web3, the fan receives experience and as well as, or the product, and more importantly, they now have the potential to share in the financial gains by reselling that NFT. And by the way, when that happens, the creator also generates additional revenue. So now their interests are aligned. And that's where we're moving from Web 2 to Web 3. And regarding hashtags to cash tags, it's this idea that within Instagram and TikTok, it's about popularity, right? It's about gaining as many followers and tractions. Within Web3, it's about community. It's not just about followers, it's about building community and monetizing that community in a way that's not just beneficial to the creator, but also beneficial to the token holders, whether it's an NFT or a social token. So should creators strive to build virality or to build their like 1,000 true fans via NFTs? What's better? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a book about this. It's called The Connection Algorithm, and so, I just I think that everything is about humanity, and sometimes we get lost in the technology. Sometimes it's hard for so you know for us to socially and culturally keep up with the technology. But you know I just think that um, you know I just think it's really important for people to understand that again it comes back to the community. The community is the most important thing, and that people are going to to gravitate toward that. And so it comes back to like culture. And so I look at one-on-one -on -one connections. Um, I, I try to figure out who I am and then I try to figure out who's gravitating to, toward me and I try to have real relationships with those people and I go one by one and I ask that person, who do you admire? And then they tell me, oh, I admire this person. And then I, and that's literally like how I've grown my entire um, platform. And it's funny because like three weeks ago, we didn't have any community to speak of in Web3, but I've been building community for so long real community and real connections and real relationships that you know we we had no twitter no discord no email list l less than a month ago now we have 30,000 plus in that environment and we didn't spend a penny on advertising we did that because like uh, you were just saying man like beautifully said eloquently said you know it's it's a circle like the community is getting value from itself there's no product. There is no leader. There's just a community, right? And then there's currency that is attached to that community. 
in the form of a token or NFTs or art or whatever, something in IRL, something in the metaverse, it doesn't matter. It's just a community of people, okay? Like, the community that you were born into was, was controlled by a government. You just, you just popped up, you spawned onto the land, and then they were like, these are the rules because you're in this box of the land, right? So make real connections with real people. Don't worry about the boundaries that you think are around you. Just find people that you love, that mean something to you, that are doing something that you like to do or want to do or are doing. Um, find out who you are, and then that value will start to literally manifest. And the cool thing is that you don't have to worry about the fucking lines on the map anymore. You can just share your value. Jesse, if I can say, I think the real secret is your swag. You have a pink uh, lollipop we, with the glasses. I mean, you're, I think that's what tracks everyone to you. Let's well, that's deliberate because I don't, I don't really give a fuck anymore. So I'm like, this is me. So you want to hang out or not? Let's make some I love money. It. So, yeah, let's give it applause. Doesn't give a fuck. Let's go. All right. <laughs> so, the question was again build for virality or build for an intimate base of people, right? That may or may not end up being your collectors. Like, how, how do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think, um, I think it's interesting. Like, if we look at sort of the entire crypto landscape, whether it's a platform or an exchange like Uniswap or a big successful NFT project like Board Ape Yacht Club or anything similar like that, um, I think what makes them successful is the community around it, not the virality. And so I think especially when you're talking about you know a creator or some sort of any kind of artist that's going to introduce a token, whether it's a fungible token like a social token or an NFT, you know the success is going to be sort of apparent by the community that supports it, not the virality. The community is what drives the virality. So I think you know when we think about a pop star or any or a sports athlete or whatever who wants to introduce a token i don't necessarily think an athlete with millions of fans necessarily translates to a community of people and so therefore if there's not any sort of unifying ethos or philosophy or mentality around why we're introducing this token, what the goals of this community to build together and share an ownership of this community, there's not going to be a tremendous amount of at least an instant success. And so I think a community that's been established, so, um, you know, that could be a media company that has a passionate group of existing subscribers or a community like Praise where they've already sort of fostered this idea of like why they're in this together. They're way more set up for success than just your average athlete or, or musician that just wants to introduce a token for the sake of, of introducing a token. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's more about creating that community first and less about the virality. And I think the virality will come in success of the community. Absolutely. I think virality is more so um, Web2 and creator economy 2.0 as we see it today. I think community building is at the heart of Web3. And as mentioned, the goal isn't to just get more followers, but to create raving fans. And how do you create raving fans? I would... I prefer to call them token holders, right? And build this community where everyone is aligned and sharing in the upside. And the follower doesn't just see their contribution to the fan by just liking or posting or commenting or liking or commenting or sharing. But now they get to purchase a 
product or an experience when they can, when they collect, let's say, an NFT of a creator, or if they purchase the social token of a creator. That gives utility, and I think utility is at the heart of community building, where there's more than just collecting it. Collecting it is cool, and I think we've seen a lot of that over the past year. I think we're seeing the shift where creators, whether it's folks on TikTok, Instagram, um, or celebrities, right? Jim Jones, for example, the goal isn't necessarily to just create more fans and have this one two-way relationship. This one-way relationship where the creator generates revenue from the fan, but rather everyone is aligned. Everyone is communicating. The fans now get to communicate with one another, rather. So the community gets to interact with each other in, let's say, a Discord by holding an NFT of that in that particular creator. And so the goal is less so virality. I think virality is a byproduct of community building, not the other way around. Yeah, that, that, I, I was asking if I could add on that. You literally just hit it right at the end there. So it's like, I don't want people to misinterpret. Like, virality is awesome, right? <laughs> like, you want virality. So I'm not saying virality is bad. I'm saying that it doesn't start there. You're not, it's like, you don't just like have an idea and then it's so good that it's viral. You, you build something slowly, like we're talking about, to the point that it's solid, and then you, you turn on, you know, you put the foot, your foot down on the gas, and that's what we did. And it's like, it's a hype cycle. So like, you wanna leverage that still. It's still, you know, you're still trying to, it's a competitive market, it's a hype cycle, you know, you gotta look at all these elements. But the problem is that people don't see the forest for the trees, and they just try to go all the way um, before they, they build it up. You know, I've been working on something for a year, and then, it's whenever you see an overnight success, it's never an overnight success. Never, ever. Like it's lightning in a bottle if that happens. So if it is, just, it's a scam. Yeah, and it's it's <laughs> yeah, and it's ninety nine point nine percent also a scam. So there you go. Whatever that equals out to. So so, so yeah, that's a, just just virality is good. Just stick with humanity first. So because the panel is only thirty minutes long, there's different types of creators, right? There's music creators, art creators, video creators bloggers, all sorts of creators, and I guess in the context of which creator pertains to, like if you're a musician, because the hottest thing right now are music NFTs. Like everybody's trying to buy music NFTs. A lot of people are talking about music NFTs. If you look at a music artist, his like number one source is kind of like getting virality on Spotify, on Apple Music, right? And then trying to use NFTs and social tokens as that primitive to kind of bring his fans together, to monetize his fans separately from Facebook, separately from Spotify and all that. So I think it's very relative, right? Another thing I want to ask you guys is, because I host a podcast, I like, thankfully people listen to it, I get hit up by agencies who manage creators, okay, that have existing audiences, that have existing followings, that want to integrate these primitives into their day-to-day, -day, right? Have their fans buy their NFTs, build a fan base, a token-gated fan club, whatever, whatever the buzzword is. How can an existing creator who already has virality tap into Web3? What does the funnel look like? How do they get started, okay? Do they issue a social token? Do they issue an NFT? Once they have that asset, how do they actually funnel in their audience from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, into Telegram or Discord to create token-gated communities, right? A lot of people, a lot of creators in the creator economy have already quote-unquote made it in Web2, right. or there's a, there's a lot, I'm not saying everybody, that want to use these primitives to kind of transition. I think Rally, by the way, is a good example of that, right? Using these primitives as a way to create some type of token asset to reward, incentivize their audience. So maybe Alex, you can start with this one. How, how, how do existing creators, web audiences, transition their fans from web two into web three? 
Yeah, so I actually think there's like a giant misconception and like sort of what that barrier is in terms of yeah. bringing your audience along into Web3. And I think the way that people need to think about it is less about, okay, there's I have all these new tools at my disposal. How do I plug them into my community? And it's more about actually just taking a look at your community and knowing what they what they want and how to engage them in ways that you are already doing that. And just thinking about how you can use tokens, whether they're NFTs, to just add more value in the spaces that you are already engaging in and, and adding value to your fan bases. So Rally specifically, um, just for everyone, if, if you're not familiar, is a social token platform. It is a side chain of Ethereum um, that does allow any artist or community or organization to mint a social token as a means of starting a micro economy with, with that fan base. Um, what does a micro digital economy mean? To, to us, it means sort of pairing this idea of fungible currencies, so social tokens, with non-fungible tokens, so NFTs. And what we really focus on is figuring out how you can integrate NFTs and add value to your, to your communities in a way that provides utility and not scarcity. So we're not really focused on, you know, one of one drops where you can, you know, have high value, high value auction items. And it's more about how can you use NFTs as tickets? How can you use NFTs as badges, um, keys, access to things, um, and really just figuring out what that utility is. And so I think getting started is more looking at your community, looking at your roadmap of like what you have going on over the you know next six months to a year and saying, how can I actually just sort of take this technology, this from you know fungible tokens, non-fungible tokens, and actually integrate it into what I'm already doing and ultimately be providing your fans more value, right? So instead of saying, okay, I'm doing this live stream and I'm gonna sell tickets, maybe those tickets are NFTs and you know, instead of just paying a sunk cost of $50 for that ticket, you're now providing them with an asset which they can, you know, ha carries that intrinsic value of the content that they want, or they can just, you know, sell it on the secondary market if that's what they choose to do, and you're both participating in the value of that transaction. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's less about saying, do I need to do an NFT? Do I need to launch a social token? And it's more thinking about what the community wants, what you're already doing, and what you can plug into with those two options. Amazing. I love it. I think as creators who currently have virality, let's say, for example, and this is in conversation with Kima, who has 2 million followers. She's here. Shout out to Kima and Tamir. Has 4 million followers on TikTok. So as we are speaking about how do we not just monetize your fans, because that's a one-way relationship, how do we give more value to the fans than you receive? Yes. Right? And I think so long as the creator is thinking about giving more than we take, that will be a sustainable con. That will be a sustainable growing community. And whether it's a social token or an NFT, it's likely to thrive. I think where we see the creator, whether it's a Instagram or, or a TikTok influencer or it's a celebrity, only thinking of it as a one-way relationship, how much money can I make? I think regardless of what they, whatever they do next, it's already a lost cause. And it's, it's going to end up being a rug pull. And no one's going to win. In fact, they're going to burn their following, right? And so how do we from the beginning of the conversation, think about how do I give more value to my community? And some of the examples we're speaking about with Kima and Tamir, how do we allow fans to give access 
that they may not have gotten before. For example, being able to meet in person, have in-person IRL events, where up until now, that wasn't something that, unless you're a close friend of the creator who you celebrate, Kima is a fitness influencer, if you happen to be at the gym, you might be able to meet with her. Otherwise, how is it possible to have a Zoom one-on-one meeting or set up, if you DM her, you're one of one million people in her DMs, she's probably not gonna respond. But if you purchase one of her NFTs, you might, you'll have the opportunity to have a video chat with her. Same with Tamir. You know, folks are admiring his cars and he's a car enthusiast on TikTok. How do you imagine the ability to ride in, ride shotgun literally and figuratively with Tamir for a day? Well, now you can by purchasing one of his NFTs and now you get a, uh, a community that is more engaged than ever before. And so this creates that um, medium to create a more intimate experience, whether it's in real life, virtual, and the relationship doesn't stop there because the person who collected the NFT of Tamir, Tamir is incentivized to continue to provide value to those token holders by potentially airdropping his Tamir coin. So he now has a social token he creates and he can airdrop it to folks who are in possession of any of his NFTs. And so we don't see it as an either or, whether it's NFTs or social tokens, we see it both and. We think they work in harmony with one another. The way we see the current landscape at Mint Black, which is a social token platform as well, we don't just focus on social tokens, we see the trajectory of where crypto was, where it is and where it's headed. Where it was, was NFTs, then metaverse, now DAOs. We see the next frontier being social tokens and social tokens will tie it all together will bring all of those four pillars within the crypto economy in a way that works in harmony with one another. You know, you brought up ticketing. It's one of my favorite use cases for NFTs. Uh, I'll share a quick story. And the next kind of like conversation I want to talk about is data. What kind of data can creators tap into that they otherwise wouldn't have had through social media platforms? So if you issue tickets, let's say you do like a meet and greet. Okay. A lot of creators do meet and greets. They try to meet their fans. They issue tickets as NFTs. Teach them how to open a MetaMask. One of the coolest things, or one of the most successful creators, they actually create videos on how to open up a MetaMask, how to buy your first Ethereum that comes from them personally, that creates more of a level of comfort, right, on how to actually do these things. So there's this creator. Her name is Queen George. Okay. She basically did a, like an NFT concert at ETH Denver, I think a couple months ago. Excuse me, a couple months ago. And she issued free tickets for people to collect to then watch her perform. Now, the cool thing about that is that she got about 200 collectors off the bat, okay? They all minted one of her things for free. So she gave before she took. And then on top of that, they came and met her in person, watched her perform live, and then had the option, one, to join her Discord, and two, mint uh, one of one music NFT on the spot. But the cool thing about that, why it's so unique, is now she has about 200 collectors who collected her stuff and also came to watch her perform. There should be a way basically for her to understand who are her collectors. It extends beyond anonymous addresses. She now can see, okay, are any of them in FWB? What percentage of them? What things do those people vote on, right? How much money do they have in their wallet? She starts tapping into data points that she otherwise would have never had thanks to these collectors. So she might realize, wait a minute, 75% of the people that showed up to my concert are in FWB. It may be worth to do a collection or some type of collaboration with FWB, and now she's growing her audience in Web3. How do you guys think about data on chain, and how can creators tap into data 
when they issue their NFTs and kind of build more meaningful communities around their collectors? Who's it going to me first? Whoever wants to take it. Awesome, I'll go. So I think what was mentioned with uh, brands earlier, how I think it goes, this is the data point is not just important to creators, but also to brands where, for example, let's say Kima has a relationship with a brand, a fitness brand who wants to do a collab. If there are, let's say, a thousand collectors of her NFT and she can see that these um, create, we can airdrop now, let's say that brand wants to create an NFT, can airdrop it to her current collectors and over time we'll, we'll be able to look in the wallet and see which fans are the ones who are likely to buy product A versus product B. And as mentioned a moment ago, if there if 50% of them are holders of, let's say, a since 3000 generative art collection, therefore, which is an upcoming collection with Danielle Leslie, she's launching shortly. Um, if similar to like a world of women, for example, if they're in possession of that NFT, we know that that's someone who's passionate about women empowerment, right? And so those NFTs that are in the wallets of a token holder says something about the person. Danielle is very intentional with the NFTs she collects, right? Because it's a representation of her brand. So when you look at her collection, and she has a world of women, she has a board ape, she has some blue chips, but more importantly, she has NFTs of collections and with that causes that matter to her. And so we can see what, what, matters to the individual that perhaps in web two, you wouldn't be able to see that because this is all the public. Really quick. That's, that's the ownership economy, right? When you talk about creators owning the platforms that they participate on, this is data that they might've not otherwise been able to tap into, right? And to learn more about who's their audience, who's doing what with them, who's engaging with them. When you have these addresses and everything is transparent and you can tap into this data, you're able to unlock insight that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to kind of explore. Right. Yeah. I was just going to add, like, I think that's just the the huge part about Web3 is this idea of ownership. And like the question I pose to a lot of creators is like, okay, if you were to wake up tomorrow, hypothetically, and YouTube or Spotify or Instagram or wherever you're, you know, tr- you know, interacting with your audiences the most magically disappeared, would you feel like you still had meaningful ability to connect with your audience? And I think most people would say no, right? Because you don't have ownership over that data. So I think the most exciting thing, just to, I mean, everything that, that you said is correct, is that you truly have, through decentralization, you truly have ownership over your data and you can do anything you want with that data, no matter how, however way you choose to synthesize it. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I feel like we're all so aligned on this, on this panel. And, you know, um, I guess, I don't know, for me, I feel like it's it's definitely a situation where you're trying to look for um, what is the culture, and, and to me, it's it's the model is completely flipped. Like, the power has shifted from the corporation to the individual, right? So when I think about that in the context of data, it's like a whole different thing. It's, it's like when you think about data, you think of corporations, but now it's flipped. The data is yours. It's the individual. So it starts the core, everything. The center is you. So the future is all about you, and I'm kind of on a mission to change the um, connotation of the word selfish, because I think it's a really positive word. I think we all need to be more selfish. And I think we're all starting to realize that we've not been selfish enough. The corporations are selfish. The institutions are selfish. Like, we're just literally like living miracles. So, like, let's just own our data. And 
I agree with everyone on here. You know, it's what they're showing, what we're all showing the world is that this is where we want to spend our money on self-expression, on art. You know, the data is showing us now because it is decentralized data. It's real data. The data is coming from you and you and you and, and you. And it's, it's coming from us now. It's not coming from the corporation. So that's why the Web2 folks are like, I don't get this. You know, here's all my data. Here's all my numbers. Okay, here's how NFTs work. Okay, I'm going to plug this in and then I'm going to raise my bottom line by this. It's like, guys, that's not what this is about. So if you have a long-term view, then you got to really like literally turn the concept of data on its head upside down and start thinking about it that way. And again, why I'd suggest doing stuff for free, giving things out for free. Just get something to collect something, right? Get someone to just commit that action. And I think you've already like entered the funnel, like the top level funnel, kind of building like a minimum viable community in Web3. Yeah, they'll, they'll come to you. Like you, you're literally your people will come to you and then you monetize that way. The coolest part about Web3 is that in Web2, we're the products of the platform, right? Like we rent everything. You know how many people on my TikTok feed, they disappear because TikTok decided to like shadow ban them or like remove their account for whatever reason. And they have to build their millions of followers from the get go. They rented their audience, right? In crypto, you now own your audience, right? You co-own now the platforms that you belong to, that you participate on, and you share the upside as they grow, right? right. You, want, you want to add something? And I'll, I'll add on to that. We see Web2, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube as one layer, and we see social tokens and NFTs as a layer that sits on top of the various platforms. So if you are in possession of a Tamir NFT, you can now gain access and benefits to um, his brand, whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, wherever you find him, you can all have this shared common interest that goes beyond just the relationship on that respective social media. Um, as mentioned, if your TikTok shut down or if you were shadow banned, how do you communicate and interact in a way that's separate from these platforms? And we see social tokens and NFTs as the medium to do just that. And it sits above um, all of the uh, various uh, social tokens or the, all of the various social platforms. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I was just going to say, and by the way, like it's, it's so possible for these platforms to just shut down. I don't remember when Facebook was down for like a day. Like That actually had tremendous impact small businesses that operate on Instagram. Um, but I just wanted to add to something that you said about just, I, I think that Web3 has kind of flipped this idea of like the traditional Web2 tech notion that, you know, you build the platform of the product first and then the community will come. But in Web3, it's actually build the community and incubate the products from, from there through the ownership of your data. Yeah. So like a, a, an example of that is an FWB where you know there is now, I think, about 2,000, about 6,000 token holders, but 2,000 active members. And you know we were throwing events at different conferences and trying to find a way to um, get our members in through like a token-gated mechanism. And we couldn't find a solution that worked for us. So we then you know, voted internally uh, to allocate some of our treasury budget to just build our own product. And now we license that out to other DAOs and other platforms. So it really is that I, that notion of like looking at your data that you own and seeing sort of the white spaces and then building things for, for the community. Because if your community needs it, there's obviously others that, that need it too. It's like your community is your team and your team yeah. is your community. It's all the same thing. You're all wearing the same hats. And by the yeah. way, I, I love that line and we've got to repeat it again for the people in the back. The token, you build a community and the product will come. 
versus the other way around. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the model in like Web2 is like build a minimum viable product, right? Find product market fit and then scale. In Web3, it's build a minimum viable community. Find people that align under a common theme, under a subject. Bring them together. Issue an asset of some sort, whether it's a membership pass, right, via an NFT, some type of ERC-20 that's a speculative asset, whatever it may be. Give them upside that as the community gets stronger, grows, builds, they share that leverage with them. By the way, I was a victim of the first event that happened that then led to building the, the event platform. Oh, in Paris? Yeah, yeah or, in Paris, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throwback. Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna leave and open the room up for questions. Um, if anybody does have any questions. Does anybody have questions? Show of hands. Do we have time for questions? Yeah? All right. All right, I'll come to you. Let's do it. Hey, how you doing? Oh. Hello. Uh, I had a question about as far as doing free NFTs. How do you how do you set that up? Because from what I know, I'm not, I have very limited knowledge of a lot of things in the NFT space thus far. Um, it's a lot of cost that goes into everything. How do you set up something to give for free? Do you have to like choose a certain uh, blockchain? Like you might not be able to use Ethereum. You might have to use something different in order to get that out there. Because I want to give something away for free, but I'm not sure as to how to go about doing that. I'd recommend the marketplace Drawstrings. Uh, one of my partners, um, Kenny, who's one of the co-founders of Drawstring, is built on Near. It made it easy for folks to give away NFTs, pretty much gasless, where you can create an NFT, you can airdrop it, send it via an email or a text, and folks can redeem it. Uh, we're doing, we're using drawstrings for a drop we're doing with Julianne Moore, where if you're in possession, if you bought, purchased one of her NFTs, a collab we did with Nicole Buffett, it's as simple as sending an email, someone clicks the link, create an account, and the NFT appears in their wallet. So therefore, there isn't necessarily a payment that's required. I'm also just going to quickly show Rally because Rally is very much just an out-of-the-box economy in that you can just create an account, sign up, and all of the tooling, the the, the smart contract language is all done for you on the Rally sidechain. So um, it's as easy as just making an account and you know uploading your, your art asset and then being able to, to, to drop it that way. Um, there is no gas on the sidechain. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's actually a key thing to touch on is that rally was built with sort of the fan relationship in mind and, and, and thinking that, you know, these people that are creating social tokens or NFTs on the, on, on rally probably have a community and probably have some sort of reputation on the line. And, you know, you want that first expand experience in crypto to feel safe and secure, um, and, you know, for us, that means no gas fees. So that people don't feel like they're getting sort of taken advantage of when they're making a transaction. Um, and so that's that's a that's a big thing for rally. Yeah, I'll just quickly say plus one for rally. I mean, that's like for what you described, probably it, one of the best, if not the best options. And then the second piece to go along with that is do your research. Right. Because there is not one answer ever. It's like, what is your specific goal? And then, you know, in touching on gas, like. Totally agree. Like rally is good for what you just described because of that fact. Whereas, you know, on Ethereum, you're going to pay for gas. Gas, if you don't know, is almost like a tax for bandwidth or throughput through the system. So, um, but then you've got Ethereum has a big community, right? And they've got a lot of, you know, eyes on them and this and this. So you just got to like really think about how you want to use. Those are just two examples that you could use out of, you know, a thousand. So, but, you know, 
use Rally. Yeah, totally. So I'll, I'll add one thing, and we've got to wrap up, so I can't do any more questions. But I've used POAPs, uh, which are basically like free NFTs. I've growth hacked my newsletter to thousands of subscribers because of POAPs. It's like a hidden secret in crypto. So the best way, in my opinion, I haven't tried Rally stuff. I'd love to try it. But from my personal experience, a lot of people that throw events, they use POAPs to kind of just give something for free just for attending, right? And then from the... So POAP is a, it's a proof of attendance protocol. So it's basically its own like mechanism to reward people for showing up at an event or doing an action. So at the end of every season, I basically give out listener badges, speaker badges, um, and I give sponsors NFTs as well uh, via POAPs, right? And it's just a fun thing. People love them. People go crazy for them. Um, so it shows you if you can give something, then you'll get something in return. But I think that's where we got to end off. Uh, you guys want to plug yourselves really quick? Um, and then, yeah, thank you. Uh, I'll just plug you, man. Good job. Amazing moderation. Thanks for this amazing conversation. Everybody can find me. So thanks for being here. I love Web3. I love all you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, if you're interested in... in you know, figuring out what a, a social token economy could look like for you, feel free to come see me after this um, and follow Rally on all our, our social channels for more. Amazing. Uh, check us out at the exhibit booth, uh, Mint Black, and um, as well as on our socials. We have a number of exciting drops. As you mentioned, we're doing um, Jim Jones' performance where he's also dropping an NFT live right after Steve Aoki. So if you're still in uh, the building, make sure to check that out. It's at 6 p.m. and Steve Aoki speaks at 5.30. Um, as well as we have an exciting NFT drop that Julianne Moore um, did, um, where she created a she created NFTs of her wearable of her dresses, where if you auction and win, you receive a gown. And we ran the world first NFT commercial during the Oscars, which would have made the headlines if it wasn't for Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that said, you all know I know that it happened. And um, shout out to Jesse. I need a black lollipop. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You guys can find me at Levy Chain everywhere on uh, the Mint podcast. If you search Mint Adam Levy, you'll find it everywhere. Thank you, guys.